Katie McDonald. Good morning. Hello. <laughs> Good morning, Sarah Jane. Um, yeah, I I can't believe what you what I just heard you talking about. What? Because my um, men and therapy. Because um, one of my lecturers, my lecturers and lecturer in research, did his PhD many years ago on men and the the barriers to them going to therapy. Really. Oh, give us a couple mm. of the findings. Why don't? Why won't they go? Well, look, you know, we didn't go into it with detail because it, yeah, we um, <laughs> sort of following the curriculum, right? But what he did say is interesting. Um, so he did his PhD quite a few years ago, and the numbers have not increased that much. Um, it's also a lot to do with culture. Yep, and. Yeah, this whole thing about, you know, strong men and, yep. and a strong man doesn't need help. Um, yeah, that sort of, that perception of vulnerability being weak, whereas I think those, um, yeah, those in the know realise that, yeah, vulnerability is actually a strength. Yeah. And in Australia, we do have quite a culture of, um, yeah, just sort of macho, machismo, well, machismo is kind of <laughs> and American or whatever, but essentially... Um, yeah, this strong man, tough, I can handle anything type of thing. And it's not a situation that has improved. So, um, yeah, it's quite interesting. It is interesting. I'm really looking forward to the conversation after 8 o'clock. If you're just joining us, by the way, Katie McDonald with us, but we're talking about a conversation that I'm going to be having with clinical psychologist Daniel Den Daniel Hollander uh, after uh, 8 o'clock around men, or the, how, how underrepresented men are in the therapeutic space. Um, I don't mean as therapists, although I'm that, that possibly true as well, but as clients, <laughs> as, as patients, uh, why is that? Maybe Maybe you'd like to share your experience if you are a man who is in therapy or has been in therapy um, or if you're a man who to whom and I suppose I imagine there'll be less people uh, sharing their experience here. But maybe somebody has suggested to you that therapy might be helpful and you've thought, no, nah, not for me. I'd, I, I'm fascinated to know why. What, what, what is the resistance? Right, Katie, we're going to jump on um, and uh, head yes. to, uh, to, to, your, to your stories this morning. Uh, the arrival of asylum seekers has created a political storm. Tell us. Yes, it has indeed. So... Um we have this uh, set up here called Operation Sovereign Borders. That was implemented in 2013. And the idea behind it, the theory behind it, is to protect our borders, to control people smuggling and to prevent people from risking their lives at sea. And that's people that come from various uh, countries, but usually through Indonesia to get to Australia to seek asylum. Now, they've been... I think it's just over 40 people that were found last week. They landed, they think they came from the same boat um, in northern Australia. And they have been collected. It's a variation of people from Pakistan and Bangladesh um, and, yeah, and the like. And they've been, yeah, they, they're here looking for asylum. Now, that's not unusual. I mean, in the sense that you do get people wanting to come you know, um, seeking asylum, you know, refugees and such things. But the Aussies are pretty tough. And interestingly enough, they, these men, they have sent on, or we're hearing that they've sent them on to Nauru, which is a very controversial offshore processing centre. 
detention centre. And last year, I think it was in October, yes, in October, for the first time, um, well, in October, but <laughs> let me start again. There was the first transfer of people to, Na- to Nauru in nine years because they'd actually moved people from there. It, it's apparently horrific. The conditions are absolutely horrific and I think quite an embarrassment to Australia. But these people have, these men have been moved there. What's happened is you then have the opposition and the leader of the opposition, Peter Dutton, who's pretty outspoken, He's criticising the government, saying that they're not strong enough when it comes to protecting our borders, that they're not implementing Operation Sovereign Borders properly, and that that then puts Australia at risk. The Prime Minister comes back and says, no, but yes, we are, and it should not be politicised. You know, this is something that it's, you know, much more than just a political hot potato, and we are dealing with it. But it's... It's a back and forth, tit for tat. The opposition thinks that the government is weak and that's why people are taking the gap and trying to get to Australia. And Sarah Jane, it's, it's a no-brainer. We have a huge coastline, a massive coastline. So, um, yeah, the policing and the control of that is already quite a challenge. But the sad thing is, as I said, these people are being sent to Nauru but the big thing is that it's just causing absolute um, political drama in Parliament. Katie, I want to go to your next story, which I am fascinated by. Um, the government, uh, Australian government, is looking to criminalise uh, criminalise doxing, and this comes after uh, members of um, or pro-Palestinian activists published the personal details of uh, some 600 Jewish members of a chat group. Now, just um, define for us what we're talking about when we say doxing. Okay, so doxing is the releasing of documents. Um, or personal information, even pictures, photos, on the web, on the net, um, without permission, and according to our Attorney General, with malicious intent. So that's how they describe it or define it. Okay. And as we know, it's not, sadly, it's not uncommon in the sense that, yeah, people do this. I mean, one of the big... um, uh, instances they were referring to or they were referencing was you might remember a few years ago um, someone hacked into Ashley Madison and yes released, that was yes. The, that's that um, sort of adult not chat um, dating site or something is it yes 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 the one that you go to when you want what, an affair yes apparently. that's yeah got you got you mm. So it's basically, um, yeah, disclosing people's personal information. Okay. And, yeah, now what's happened, um, it's, it's ongoing here, as you can well imagine, with what's happening in Gaza and Israel. Yeah, we've got a major amount of, um, well, when I say, yeah, it's, it's splitting population groups. You know, we've had ongoing um, protests and rallies and such. Now, this WhatsApp group, was started by a group of Jewish academics and creatives, and it was not, um, according to what you know, what we've been told, it was not started in any way to, um, you know, in not an anti, 
you know, Palestinian way, um, not to criticize, you know, the Palestinians. Uh, it's, they all have different views when it comes to Israel. You know, not every Jewish person is a Zionist, that kind of a thing. But the details were accessed and they put them on the web. So subsequently, you've had people being threatened, their addresses, their email addresses, their family members, you know, being put out there. It's it's created, um, yeah, some, well, it's quite an issue, as you can well imagine, and not it's not going down very well. So the government has been looking at tightening privacy laws. I mean, we I've mentioned to you before, we've had, or we continue to have, massive issues when it comes to hacking, you know, hacking of government departments, hacking of, you know, big corporates and people's details being taken. So they're just trying to now bring it forward. And with regards to doxing, the Attorney General wants to criminalise people or criminalise I mean, the they're, disclosure. They're looking, at, they're looking at jail time for people who are found guilty yes. of this, which is, you know, I mean, yes. that, that is, uh, that's, a, that's a pretty harsh penalty. Katie, we've got to move on. Um, Valentine's Day, of course, this past week, and um, apparently Valentine's mm. Day is the day where women, I mean, gosh, talk about heteronormativity, but women are allowed, <laughs> ridiculous, uh, to propose to men. Anywho, uh, there was a significant uh, marriage proposal this past week, and she said yes. Who asked who? Whom? Who asked who? Well, pretty old school. He asked her. He designed the ring. He set it all up in between dealing with all sorts of political issues, and that's our Prime Minister, Ah. Anthony Albanese. And he proposed to his girlfriend, his partner. Um, They've been dating... Since actually before he became PM, not too long before, but just before COVID. And yeah, it's kind of like a, a lovely love story or people you know, call it a love story. He was divorced. She's never been married. Um, they met at, he was at, uh, giving a talk um, somewhere and basically asked if there are any Rabbitohs supporters in the audience. Now, that's his favorite rugby league team, South Sydney. And she was one of the people that, you know, said, oh, you know, put the hand up, I support the Rabbitohs. Um, he introduced himself. She then slid into his DM, <laughs> as they say. Right. And, um, yeah, the next thing they were dating. And it's been quite a thing for her. You know, she's uh, just over 40 years of age. As I said, she's never been married. She has been working in, um, in a government department and was thrust into the limelight. Suddenly she's accompanying Albanese to the White House, to all sorts of other places, you know, being seen with, you know, the French PM and his wife, affairs of state. It's a big, big thing. And, yeah, like, she's done well. She's, you know, because we do watch these people first, um, yeah, first ladies, first men, whoever they are, how do they perform, how do they represent themselves and the government. And... Yeah, people have been very positive about her. But I must say, there are some saying now, what has she got herself into? But it is quite sweet. I mean, 
listen, I suppose it's it's different marrying into um, politics in the sense that he might not necessarily always be in politics. There, there's a potential end date. It's not like marrying into the royal family where it's like the Hotel California, is it? So, so you know, um, maybe she's just she's just holding on until such time as he decides that he wants to go and run a chicken farm. Anywho, Katie, thank you very much indeed. Uh, we will chat again to you next week. Katie McDonald joins us every Sunday morning, uh, bringing us news from down under and surround.